James, it was a good pod. It was about yeah. um, primarily programmatic this week. Huh? Yeah, I didn't expect it to go down that road. It was it was short and sweet, but a lot to, I guess, glean from it. If you're looking to go down the programmatic road, I don't know if I want to because it's, dude, that sounds way too technical. No, I don't think so, man. Um, I've got two sites doing uh, programmatic right now. It's not like, it's not doing anything crazy yet. It's got like a thousand a month sessions, but I just started like a couple months ago. Um, I think it's worth checking out. I think there's something there, but uh, programmatic will probably be the first one to get hit by um, AI for sure. But um, I yeah. think there's still a lot of money to be made. Are yeah, you uh, then, still not sold? I don't know, man. That's such. That's going to be such a time suck. But if you did, for example, like the nutrition side, if you do calories and whatever, that just pops up on Google now as a snippet anyway. Yeah, it's true. So, it's true. Just depends um, what you're going into, I guess. I've seen a lot of programmatic sites that tank not because of their ranking, but because Google adds a snippet. Yeah. Um. So they tank in traffic. That's a that's very interesting. Um. But yeah, I think I there's a couple sites I want to try out in like the daycare niche, um, and the comedy niche as well. It's it's all going to be directories. Uh. But I'll keep everyone posted. Um. Guys, if you guys like the pod. If you like having more technical guests on where we talk like deep dives into a certain topic, unlike just uh, me and James just, sh- <laughs> just shooting just the talking shit. shit. Yeah, talking <laughs> shit the whole time. Uh, let us know in the comments down below and uh, give, give the video a like and subscribe to the channel. Sick. What's good, everyone? It's Jackie Chow. And this is James DeLacy. And you're listening to This Week in Digital Marketing. All right, uh, welcome to This Week in Digital Marketing. My name is Jackie Chow. Um, my co-host is James DeLacy, and we have a special guest on, Ariel Phoenix, I believe. Um, hey. What's going on? Hey. It was, go- good. it was good seeing you in London. Yeah, yeah, great event. Yeah, um, why don't you give the audience a quick intro about yourself, what you're doing, uh, what you're working on nowadays, and just like the quick rundown. Um, I am an owner of too many sites, but I guess I'm, I guess everybody here has quite a few sites. Um, but yeah, I'm a niche site portfolio owner. Um, I publish books. I do a bunch of stuff online, um, quite like yourself, Jackie. And, um, right now my main focus is the bulk publishing WordPress plugin. That's taking up all of my time, all of my free time. And, um, yeah, just really going crazy with, um, programmatic SEO and, um, and AI. Amazing. Um, how's the plugin doing? Is it popping off? It looks like it's popping off or it feels like it, uh, based on how you're posting about it. Yeah. Yeah. The plugin's doing really well. Um, the trouble is I'm still in production, so I'm adding new features to it every day. Um, me and the hmm. developer working really closely, adding new features every time I figure out something that I'd want to do to make the publishing process easier. I just send them a list of things that I want to add, and then we figure out if it can do if it can work. So I'm updating it constantly and learning, you know, how to use it, and then just trying to put out content on using it. So yeah, it's doing really well, and um, it's helped my portfolio quite a bit. So I'm hoping it can help other people as well. Yeah. Um, is is the developer like a co-founder of yours or is it just like an hourly 
No, he's a he's a Hard freelancer, to... but I would yeah, I think he's um he's recently quit his job because um it's it's quite demanding. So um I'd look to I think if he wants to jump in and, and get some equity in it, I would be happy to. He's been fantastic from start to finish. So um yeah, but it's it's just me. It's just me and um and the freelancer. Gotcha. Um how many users do you have on the plugin right now? Um, so quite a few people came over from the bulk publishing system and I had sold about 300, about 350 of that course. Um, and mm -hmm. then I've got, so a lot of people from the bulk publishing system and then a bunch of new people that just wanted the plugin. So a few hundred, a few hundred users. Yeah. Nice. Solid, solid. Um, and did I read somewhere that you never sell websites? Is that true? <laughs> I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say that I've never sold, but um, I, I would love to. I, I spoke to you about that uh, at the event, yeah. that it's, um, it's quite intimidating for me because I, it's so easy to start them and build them up and you want to sell it when it's on a trajectory upwards um, because my focus has been so spread thin um i'm in different things all the time so i've never had the opportunity to just dedicate to one that i'd want to sell and it turns out that my sites that are doing the best are ones that i'd want to keep long term so i'd hmm. have to divert my focus into a project i care less about just so i can sell it but that's probably not the best way to look at it <laughs> yeah i've been uh trying to sell james on uh exiting one of his sites for probably Dude, how many episodes are time soon no, you got <laughs> too much do upside, it, man. man. I'm building, man. I'm building. Yeah, but you got a kid now. You know, this is just too much risk. You're hurting me, James. I don't ever <laughs> want to see that shit going uh, downwards. Then um, that that for oh, sure that better be only up and to the right forever. Yep. Um, <laughs> Easy updates every month. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> but uh, Ariel, I see on your YouTube channel, you've been posting on YouTube for a long time. I think you did. I see some crypto videos. <laughs> in there yeah so i started off um, the channel was actually called london stack so i started off um posting i was um buying gold and silver and um nice. it was just like a hobby channel so i was um documenting that um buying all my silver and, and sharing with them it was, it was quite a small community and then i kind of shifted my focus because it seemed like everybody in the stacking community was also looking at alternative you know investment options and I got into crypto around 2017, I think. And um, yeah, and I, I, I probably should have stuck with that, but it gets very messy. I know you, you've probably heard about all the, um, the S coins, they call them, all the altcoins. And you mm. kind of get in into that whole thing of the, the pump and dump. So somebody would tell me about a coin, I'd get in, you make a quick $8,000 and then you jump out of it and then you realize, okay, this was quite bad for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, crypto was fun, but I've never really taken YouTube that seriously until I got into the niche site stuff. So I had the option to start a new channel or just keep going with that one. And, um, so I just, I decided to continue. So nice. Um, how did you get into the niche site? Game? Um, my sister sent me, um, I was already, I've been, I've had, I've had websites, but I've never done SEO. Um, and my sister, who's also in, in this industry, she sent me um, a video of Jim and Ricky 
And that was it. I watched a bunch of probably watched about three or four videos before I started. And um, I had already bought a domain. So I started building on that a homeschool one. Um, but then I realized it wasn't really the niche I wanted to go into. And then I just kept watching more videos, found Carl's channel, Carl Broadbent, found Doug. And I went into that rabbit hole, watched everything, <laughs> watched everyone's income reports and stories, success stories. And I was sold. So yeah, that was it. I, I knew I was going to stay in this. Nice. I, I don't know any of the names you just mentioned. Oh, like, I heard Ricky. I heard a Doug. Um, you don't know? What do you, I uh, thought you were a niche site guy, Jackie. <laughs> no, actually, I'm... Dude, dude, I'm like, guy. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I got into SEO from like Black Hat World and I never oh, watched okay. any YouTube videos because I thought I went, down the same, like I went down the same path as Ariel, like yeah. probably exactly the same. I started with Jim and Ricky uh, at Income School. Oh, Income and School. Then, okay, yeah, okay. then we're from See, there. like I know them, but how am I supposed <laughs> to know? For, we're not on first name basis. How am I supposed to know that? What the heck is this? Um, okay, okay, gotcha. And then... Like, what was the process like getting into it? So you just watch videos and then you start implementing. And then I'm guessing you saw a bit of success and then, but you've never sold. So you, you haven't had like a, like, like, you know, a programmatic Ian, he, that guy's had a couple huge sales, right? Yeah, he has. Yeah. Um, so you, you look at that and you're like, nah, I don't, that's not for me. I want to <laughs> keep building. No, not at all. I definitely do want to sell, um, <clears throat> particularly cause I want to put the money in different places I'm, I'm big on diversification so um I don't have many financial obligations as it is but my other income streams have kind of I've not been in the kind of um, survival mode so where if I if this was my only thing and I had you know the sites were earning small amounts of money for Mesoic only um then I'd be pushing to sell to get you know an influx of cash um, I do, I still want to, I definitely want to, but like I said, I've just not built anything to the point where I'd be happy to get that exit. I, I'd want to sell something at like a six figure mark, but again, I know it's not the best way to look at it. Um, but with the bulk publishing tool that I've made, it makes it a lot easier to scale these sites. So mm -hmm. I'd rather focus on, um, training my virtual assistants to, you know, grow those sites and then get them all to, you know, different stages where I would be happy to sell them. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see any major thing pushing me to sell, to buy this thing right now. Um, so I've got, you know, I think it's a time thing and um, a survival thing, I guess. Gotcha. And um, could you, for the audience and also slightly for me, um, what kind of, programmatic sites are you building is it like shit like i don't know what uh what does blue and red make is that <laughs> like uh the type of sites you're making or is it more like directories is it more like i, I don't know um because yeah. you can go anywhere with this right or yeah, am i completely yeah, off here no that's that's the uh, beauty of programmatic seo is um I'm I'm only at the tip of the iceberg. As, as you mentioned, Ian, I learned programmatic SEO from Ian. So I got his course before I made the bulk publishing course and I was intrigued by what he was doing. But I don't know Python. So I was, you know, I was like a fish out of water and I decided to do my own thing in Google Sheets. And that's when I started learning concatenate and, and how to piece things together. And then I started implementing AI. So 
my method is like a combination of programmatic SEO and AI. And, um, mm. and with that, you can, you can kind of do anything. So I do have some directory type sites where you can do top 10 X in Y and do those relatively easy. Um, but then it's not just the basic map data that you're, you know, putting together because you can tell the AI to take this data and take the location and what the business does, how many five-star reviews it's got and how many people have reviewed it. You can give it all of that information and get it to write um, a unique business profile about each of those companies. So you can do programmatic SEO in a more, in a blog, in a blogger format, if you like. And, um, yeah. and that's what I've been doing. So I've just been having fun with the different types of articles you can do. And there's, there are so many um, keywords that people wouldn't touch because you don't have, you know, you don't have the, the content to do it. You, you wouldn't know how to do it. I don't want to give away too many examples because there are, they are things I'm building out. Um, but there are so many different methods that you can use once you combine actual scraped data and AI. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's my main focus. Yeah, I've been actually dabbling in this right now, um, but mostly on the directory side, because I don't know how to, I don't want to make money from display ads for too long. Uh, mm. So I want to do like best real estate agent in a certain location and then sell them as like a lead gen, like a Yelp for real estate agents, um, so to speak. Uh, yeah. But have you noticed, have you, have you done something in like the B2B space yet? Or are you mostly in like display ad monetized uh, niches? Yeah, it's mainly um, display ads. Um, yeah, there is one, there's one that's um, B2B, which is kind of like the directory format, like you mentioned. Um, and I've reached out to businesses who are not, it's, it's an industry that's not very tech savvy, but they do appreciate um, SEO and showing up in the, the SERP. So when I started doing those directory type um, posts and I reached out to some of them and said, hey, I've included you in this this um, this rundown or whatever you'd call it. Uh, and they were really happy about that. So I do think there's an opportunity there to, you know, sell them the space to, to stay at the top of this list and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's the most I've done with B2B. Most things are affiliates, display ads, digital products. Digital products do really well with this stuff as well. If you can um, figure out a way to use AI again to create eBooks and contracts and PDFs, all kinds of stuff, you can package those up, put them on your e-commerce, um, put them on WooCommerce and um, or digital, nice. easy digital downloads. Yeah, and um, you can make make some good money like that as well. Nice. Speaking of eBooks. Man, um, oh yeah, what, what kind of like AI writing tools do you use? Do you just use OpenAI? Like it's just an API, API call and then... Yeah, that's you... it. I'm, I'm just using uh, my tool. So it's just the GPT-4 API key in the tool. That's it. Um, so I've been playing around with GPT-4 and like 3.5. The outputs for 4 are obviously better, but the pricing is like much higher, right? But much you still higher. stick with GPT-4? Yeah, yeah, because if you work it out, it's still it's still nothing compared to the writers. So my my open AI bill the other day, I've upped my limit to like a thousand dollars. My bill was seven hundred dollars. And I think about how much content I've created with with that seven hundred dollars. And it's it's a no brainer to keep doing what I'm doing because I wouldn't. How many posts would you get <laughs> with seven hundred dollars? So, um, yeah, GPT four all the way. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, man. You know, I'm, I'm like testing these AI writers out right now. Some of them might as well be books. Like I think I generated an article and it was like 35 K words. I don't know if there was a bug what? or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. It was like outranking.io. Oh, outranking. Yeah. Outranking is awesome. Um, it, I actually hated it. It took like 40 <laughs> minutes to generate. I was just sitting there. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not testing the rest of the tool. I, I generated two articles and that was it. I was like, no, nah, fuck this. Um, That's because um, Outranking's SEO driven. So it's looking at all of the SERPs and it's trying to cover everything. It wants you to rank number one. So it's trying to throw all the headers in everything. Yeah, I mean, at 35K words, that shit's <laughs> like that's a textbook, right? What is that? Like an encyclopedia? That's crazy. Like, yeah, I, I'm... I, that's just not for me. Um, but okay. Anyways. Uh, so you, I guess you, you and Ian speak, right. Um, yeah. cause you guys are in the same industry. Uh, have you like, have, have you gained any insights from him? Anything you can share to, with the audience who wants to get started in this space? Cause it's pretty um, daunting, right? It feels like programmatic. You require some knowledge of, yeah. uh, programming or having to know something like you use Google Sheets, but that's still daunting for someone like me. Like that, yeah. I don't even like looking at Excel spreadsheets. I'm the same. I'm the same. I tweeted today that I like a year ago, you couldn't tell me that Google Sheets was going to be something I'd open every day and, and use for fun. You could never tell me that. So um, I, I learned everything because I had to. I learned everything I had to learn about it. Um, once I saw what it was capable of, I knew I was going to just learn the formulas and, and keep going. I'm still at the tip of the iceberg. I don't know anything. I'm not I'm not a Google Sheets expert, um, but I know what it's capable of and how many people build in AppScript. That's something I didn't know existed, that you can actually build apps within it. And that's how I built the bulk publishing system. Um, but back on um, Ian and programmatic SEO, I would 100% recommend Ian's course he's he's been building out i think he's got a new one because he's got he's bought a new site um he's been building out this course for a while and he's acquired i think another programmatic seo course in the space to make it more beginner friendly so mm -hmm. if you do want to learn python i think he's also got a non-coder approach to it he's included in there so i would definitely say start there because there's not a ton of information on it as it stands um so you want someone to go thorough to get you started and then just have your own, you know, once you learn how to scrape your own data or buy data sets, he, he gives away all the information on how you can get those data sets and things like that. Um, and then you want to learn how to clean it up and all of that stuff. And that was very daunting for me, which is why I took the um, data scraping approach where you can use a tool like Hexamatic and then scrape very specific, you know, data and then organize it yourself. I prefer that. Hmm. Interesting. Um, why don't we take like James for an example in the nutrition space? Is there anything he can do? James, would you ever do programmatic? Um, Probably not. You can do stuff like cal calorie count and nutrition information, right? All those. If you search like how many calories in an apple, all those are programmatic. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, those are programmatic. Those are overdone. Though. I mean, nutrition. There's a those yeah. top have all of those. And then, like you said, calculators. You've got macro calculators and TDE. Um, calculators and yeah. like that already so you wouldn't really need you know to do a programmatic mm -hmm. that. um james why wouldn't you do it what would i do it for that would be the reason I mean, why surely there has to be something with like 
uh, the calorie side, um, but Ariel mentioned is <laughs> overdone. Um, well, that, that specific thing, like finding out how many calories in this thing, but you could probably take the same approach and it would, it would take a quite a, quite a few layers of, of data to do, but you could probably do something like um, high protein meals under a thousand calories, high protein meals under Ooh. 500 calories and things like that. Mm. Yeah. So it takes, obviously you've got to think outside the box, but there are endless ways that you can use, you know, this combination like programmatic SEO which is why, although like blogging and stuff is getting saturated, if you can think of all the different ways you can use um, programmatic SEO in combination with a normal blog post, you can, yeah, you can really make some competitive stuff. But I would, yeah, from a nutrition approach, I would probably do something like that. Um, keto meals under this, under 300 calories and so on. What would that page look like? Would it just be a list of the actual meals or would it be a recipe? page or you can probably because there are i didn't know there are actually actual um there are recipe apis and there are food apis mm. out there um that you can access for quite cheap there's like a, an api database um and you can just pull that information so you would need somebody to you know create this script for you to do it within you know either do it on your computer or do it in wordpress but someone would need to put it together for you um but however you want it to look is how it would look so you could plan out your headings um and then just you would just be replacing the 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 main things like the variables so keto um high carb low carb whatever it is that you're doing um you'd have you just plan all the different variables and then yeah and you'd be able to do that for every everything that someone searches so if they were looking for a, a meal under 200 calories under 300 400 like you could just do everything mm. That's interesting. Um, how do you do like, how would you approach keyword research on with a uh, programmatic? Cause I know for a fact, like you guys don't necessarily need to target like high volume, right? Yeah. For example, yeah. if you see like a 30 a month, you would probably include that just, just because. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, even zero, I guess. Yeah. Right? Zero, zero. Everything. I, I don't even, I can't call it keyword research anymore. It's the laziest thing. It's the laziest <laughs> approach to keyword research I've ever done since starting and I just scrape keywords so I'll use um keyword sheeter is is quite basic but um scrape box if you're if you're on black hat world Ooh. you definitely know about oh, yeah. scrape box. that's yeah. a throwback <laughs> but it's still it's still great for this it's, it, it comes in handy for this so I use scrape box and I would put a seed keyword with an asterisk at the end um and in front I would just put like maybe 10 different keywords around that niche and then I would get it to do two, maybe two levels deep. And then once it's given me, it would give me back 7,000 keywords or so. I would put that in keyword um, keywords everywhere and look at the search volume, but I would also be looking for opportunities. So when you see things like um, Italian food restaurants in location, you know, obviously that's a keyword and you don't need to search for all the different locations. You would just do all the cities or all the states first, then you do all the cities. And you can use something like Outscraper, which just gives you a list of all the cities. And then you can take that and then put that in your sheet and then just form your, once you've got your template, you can just repeat that post again and again. We are true. Oh, I, I've, I've used Outscraper. Um, it's pretty good, huh? It, yeah, really I don't good. know how they do it. Because it's I, I got the lifetime deal on AppSumo. Same. It was crazy cheap. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know how they make money. Do you think they scrape each time? 
yeah I, I, it's definitely scrap scraping is really cheap that's that's the thing because oh. yeah because every everyone i use these tools and i've made videos on them and then people have said you know if you just use python it would cost you a fraction of the price or they'll work out how much it would cost to do like a hundred thousand rows and i'm not thinking a hundred thousand rows but these programmatic guys they are so they know python is the best way to do it because it's going to cost you a fraction of the price uh, another person who does um, a lot of um, Python and scraping is a guy called Alton. I don't know his full his name, but he's on Twitter, mm -hmm. and he, him and Ian, they 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 go really they go really deep with this stuff, um, and that's why I do want to learn that side of things. I could save a lot of money, but um, uh, with that, without Scraper specifically, they their their lifetime deal was only for twelve months. I don't know what one you got, but it's for twelve months, and then it's credit based. So oh, yeah, I have the credit based. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's like twenty twenty dollars they give you, which is you don't run out monthly, and then after the twelve months, yeah, you have to you have to pay. So how how do you outrank other people who are going after the same programmatic terms? So if you had best Italian restaurants in X city and there's other pages, are you just adding more restaurants or formatting the page differently or adding more information? It's, yeah, it just comes back down to basic SEO where you'd be the same way you'd be competing with everyone else. So um, you could just I usually put yeah in the title. So rank math, I have a short code. I have a, a like a small plugin that does it, but rank math does it um, where you can put, you can update the, um, the header, um, the uh, whatever file in the back end, the theme file. And um, you can just put bracket yeah in the title and then it will have 2023. And then next year it automatically changes to 2024. So you would just be doing things that, that are competitive, like, ctr increasing things so top 10 x in year um some articles might just say best italian restaurants and leave it at that so it'd be quite easy to outrank them mm -hmm. by adding a number in the title for instance and um just laying it out with my post like that i would put um, a snippet of a map with the address and i noticed other people weren't doing that um and i had a directory plugin that would do that automatically so it had the image um, all the information, the description. And like I said, you can use AI to write a, a unique um, description about the company. Most people aren't doing that because they're just grabbing the same data and then organizing it. So it would just, again, come down to basic SEO where Google analyzes the page and says, this is better. It's, it's gone mm -hmm. into more depth and it looks better. I don't know if you've seen as well, Jackie, people not just doing the year, but they're doing the month and the year to automate yeah. an update for their, for their yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. It's, it's uh, kind of excessive, M mostly in the like the high competition niches, yeah. right? Yeah. Like they, yeah. they wouldn't do that in freaking like, I don't know, like dining chairs or something like yeah. that. Cause that's, that's, <laughs> that's like literally evergreen. Um, but okay, cool. Um, so like I've dabbled in this, uh, James might look into this and like programmatic SEO. And let's say you get all these pages up, they go through you and do you also have a course area? Uh, yeah. Way? Yeah. I've got, um, a topical authority course, a top topical authority accelerator, which is basically what I've just said about mm -hmm. scraping, covering your, the topic in depth by scraping everything to do with it and creating clusters and then just publishing like crazy and internal linking everything. And, um, yeah. And sitting back and hoping the traffic rolls in. Yeah. So I know, I know Ian for a fact doesn't do link building. So after you set everything up, 
it, it's, it's up and running. Um, and you let it sit for a couple months and traffic is rolling in, but not as quickly as you hope. Cause I've, I've seen some of the programmatic sites out there. It's not yeah. like, they're not like mooning. They're yeah. like, they're like, uh, I don't know, like a couple hundred dollars a month Ooh, kind of yeah. site. But you know, it's like how I feel is like, oh, you put so much time into this. It's like 10K pages. Uh, Google seems to love it, but the revenue isn't there. Is there any like levers you can pull after everything is live? Yeah. Do you definitely. like just tweak like the crawlability? Do you tweak like the structure of the site, the interlinking? Is that what you tweak typically? Or do you work on like any link building as well? Yeah, the, the first thing, my, my approach has changed a bit now. Um, but the first thing that I would do is go and do more internal linking. That's always That always would boost things like, crazy so I'd go and do more internal linking I'd look at the top performing pages and see what I can do to improve them so I'd go into Google search console and do the regex and and see what else I can add to those articles and then um, link to other articles from those popular ones but what I've been experimenting with of recent is um, 301 redirects which is, I think Ian does do that. I, I can't remember. I'm, I talk to so many people, so I get confused who's doing what, but um, buying age domains and then um, doing a 301 redirect um, to a specific silo. That's what I've been experimenting with. And that seems to be, I'm, I don't want to report on it yet because I do want to do a case study, but that seems to be working so far. I think that's going to be my link building method. So, um to be sure we're on the same page, you 301 redirect an age domain into your fresh domain, right? Yeah. Some people just build on it. I've, I've got, yeah. I've got one that I'm just building. Yeah. I'm building on and, um, and that's going well. I just went into Wayback machine and looked at what was, it gave me so many, so many clues. I'm surprised nobody else picked that site up, but I've basically just bought the site, but for the cost of an expired domain, um, mm -hmm. it was still indexed. It had a bunch of Pinterest, um, links to it so people were trying to get to it while it was you know not there and um, and I've just kind of picked up where the the previous owner left off so I like that approach but like I said I'm experimenting so if I can find if I've got an existing site and I can find a good age domain for a decent price and it's got good links I will um, forward that I'll do a 301 redirect and um, try and build a, a landing page for that um, which is what I've been learning about of recent. And yeah, I like that approach. Hmm. Yeah, I I can see it working. Um, I've seen several sites with several 301s. You got to be careful there, though. I think yeah. after like the third one, I don't think I've ever been not penalized after five redirects. Wow. So, do you, do yeah. you send them to the homepage? How, what's your strategy when, when you oh, do Oh, I it? just do, um, yeah, uh, it's a... Not the every page to the homepage, but it's like a one to one, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah. So like dot com slash hello would go to dot dot co dot uk slash hello. Yeah. Like okay. Um but and yeah. But after five it starts to get it's they, they don't like it. Yeah. Or or maybe like I've given up on like quality checking and I'm just kinda like <laughs> letting it ride. Um but yeah, yeah maybe. Well we'll uh well do do let me know if you can get past five. I think yeah. That was like the sweet spot for me. I'll be cautious. I think that, yeah, the, the, the part that throws people off, I know it put me off for a while, was um, looking, having to go and do your due diligence. So the backlinks, 
So even if it was doing really well, there might have been a period where it was being used for other stuff and, and it's kind of ruined. And I got burned very early on when I, I tried that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I stayed away from it for a while. But I think, yeah, just checking. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think uh, we have to wrap up in a bit because uh, I, got, I got another meeting after this. But um, one last question. You monetize off display right primarily do you use mediavine and ad thrive or uh whatever raptic raptic or do you use are you on ezoic i'm on mediavine i've got a bunch of sites on ezoic my newest sites are on nothing they're on adsense now because i want to test the whole leave it don't put it on ezoic see if it gets to 50k faster i'm testing that out um and then mediavine so i have a site that could go over to ad thrive at the moment but i'm I'm loving the RPMs on Mediavine, so I'm not sure I want to mess with that just yet. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. Have you seen uh, this whole ish- issue with Ezoic? Do you know why? Do you have any insights on why the CEO is so cringe? <laughs> I've seen I've seen what's going on. I've seen it for a while, though, so I don't think it's anything new because there's been there's like a whole group of people that are just like, as soon as something's said about Ezoic, they just jump in and then there's like, oh, yeah. it's like they all unite to attack so i've seen it for a while um i have no idea why it's it i think since the affiliate program shut down i think everyone's like well now there's nothing to to you know there's no reason for me to to talk positively about them now there but i don't personally i i don't have any issues with ezoic because i feel like when your site before you hit that 50k i still feel like it, it earns more than adsense so I would still it recommend it for a new site. Yeah. So I don't, I don't entirely get the whole thing there, but you know, <laughs> it's Twitter. So yeah, <laughs> love a bit of Twitter. All right. Um, where, where can people find you? Th- thanks for coming on today, by the way. Um, okay. so, sorry, the times didn't work out. Uh, I think we had some technical issues, so we have to yeah, cut it no. short, but I'm uh, on, yeah. I'm on Twitter, Ariel CPX and arielphoenix.com publishing.ai amazing um sorry for the short pod guys uh hope you guys enjoyed this um thanks a lot for coming on ariel thank you for having me cheers